When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, January 15th, 2019, episode three of Talkin' Schmidt. What's up, podcast people? And thank you for tuning in. Uh, Today's episode is number three, but if I'm being honest, it was the first interview I ever recorded, actually. I fumbled a little bit technology-wise, and so... I had to meet up and fill some holes in last week. We ended up recording in my car, so there's definitely some ambient noises like cars and whatnot. I really want to thank Evan because he actually has been really supportive and saying, dude, this is cool. You should do it. So without further ado. Hi there, interworld of webs, cast, podding. This is Cranny. You're listening to Schmidt Talk, talking Schmidt. Talk some Schmidt. Put it in your ear. Hole. Find out about your world. Enjoy your day. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, weighing in at a 169, hailing from Lexington, Massachusetts. He's the owner and CEO of Boxcab Co. and one of four bros that was instrumental in starting Epically Trive. Please welcome to the show, Evan Michael Becker. What's up, Evan? Wow. High Tower. Greatest rock band ever. So, how did you get the nickname Sneaky? All right, so here's the deal. I'm fairly convinced that it, it was Speedy. And that was from Adam... I can't remember his last name. And I think he was, like, from the South... South Shore or South Shore and it, it was him and Jamal uh, Jamal Williams that did the speedy thing and there, were, there was this one other dude that did it too I can't think of it, it was the sweet Noonan, Pat Noonan, there oh. it is yes um, he was a great guy, really good skateboarder um, but we would skate, you know, Boston uh, I mostly skated like the Copley area with those guys like the BPL and the fountain and shit. I don't think they were part of like going to ZT Maximus, which I also did mostly with myself or Eastie. But at ZT Maximus, it turned into sneaky. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was because it was just always my turn. Uh-huh. And I just was a snake, I guess. But I'm not, I'm like not totally sure. It was a like kind of a low level thing. Like, Kevin Day used it, Easty used it, Zito used it, Rom used it, uh, Dougie Death. But, you know, like, I had, like, two lives. I was, like, a skateboarder dude, but, like, you know, I was a bike messenger, and none of the bike messenger people called me sneaky. I mean, they didn't know what the fuck this was. They weren't skateboarders or whatever. So it was kind of like these, like, parallel existences or something like that. Then Preston is the one that took sneaks. He ran with it. He kind of ran with I it. I got you on this one. And it, and, it, and it never stopped for him. And Damn. Rhino used it. So you met uh, Preston used it. like the same year I met Drahobel. Yeah, pretty much. Like, because through Preston I met all kinds of people, like whether it was Dan, I don't, I, I basically met you because I knew Preston, because I knew Dan, because, you know, whatever, and it just kind of rolled. Yeah. When... Preston passed, and I and I, you know, never saw Rhino anymore at that point. Anyway, um, really, sneaks just kind of went away. It kind of got replaced when I went on the Hoon Run years ago with with Becca. Becca, and <laughs> that's like Becca. I think I remember that. I think Holy that's shit. I think that's Andrew Curry. So it's like the Australian enunciation on your name. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but O'Mealy used it. Andrew used it. Drobo came back and used it a lot. Just (laughs) constantly. Fucking constantly. But I don't think it was from... 
I don't think it was initially from the Hoon Run. I think it was like the first time when we went somewhere with O'Mealy. And I don't remember... I think that was Spain. I think we went on three trips. But I don't exactly remember. I think we went on three trips. Huh. They were all pretty great. And there were like characters that were on each one. So like Dan and Chet were like solid on them. I believe Susky went to Spain. That was amazing. He got the cover of Trans World that trip. Oh, yeah, on the pole, right? Yeah. The bank, the pole. And uh, Andrew was on all of them because of O'Mealy, I would assume. Also, Andrew's just amazing. Um, all those guys are so I, Actually, to be fair, uh, I, I don't really know Andrew Curry's, like, full story, but I suspect it's deeply complex. <laughs> That's just my theory. I think something's up there. He was so awesomely... How would you describe it? It was something... Something about these, this alliteration using P's. Piss poor performance. No, piss poor preparation makes for piss poor, piss poor performance or some shit like that. Yeah. He was just that guy. The guy that would say that, you know? And huh. I always sort of wondered, you know, what are they... What, how did... the fuck? You know, but at the same time, it's pretty rad. Javi Mendel, Mendelbaugh went on those trips. That kid was amazing. What an interesting dude. He put us up at his mom's house in Spain up in like I don't know wherever that is Bilbao-ish that was pretty cool um, but anyway it went from sneaks to you know this Becca, Becca. thing and you know it kind of stuck I mean uh-huh. every now and then when I run into those people or talk to those people that I never see anymore they use it which is weird. Some nicknames are fucking weird. You I think know? right around that time, I think it was your birthday or something. <coughs> I can't remember why, but we all went to the bar, a lot of us, and we had these fucking fired or not fired. Becker's fired, Becker's oh, not yeah. fired. And we got a photo with everybody. That shit was hilarious. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I could barely remember that kind of stuff. I think it was probably just too much partying. But Oh, my God. Yeah, you're fired. Oh, fuck. Well, you're fired. Uh, we were with Salba the other night, and this came up to mind. New Yorker or Harper's, and why? Oh, right, right, right. Um, Harper's is a no-go. <laughs> um, and, and like, most sort of slightly better than mediocre minds of uh, some sort of white privilege, which I would describe myself as, I would say Harper's felt like something I should read, but... Upon examination and effort, I found I'm simply not a Harper's guy. I'm just not. But I am a New Yorker guy, and I've been reading The New Yorker since I was, like, 12 years old. So uh. there's a... Like, if you see a dude with a Harper's hanging out of his back pocket or a New Yorker with a fucking... <laughs> New Yorker sticking out of his back pocket, it's not just, like, they're reading something for entertainment or they're trying to learn something. It's also, like, a signal that tells you something about that person. It's kind of statusy symbol-y, but it's like... Is it similar to uh, wearing a left earring or a right earring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Back, it is true that, like, when we were little and people were getting ear piercings, <laughs> yeah. they, there, there was, was, a, there was, a, there was a, a left ear and a right ear situation, and you definitely didn't want to go with the right ear. It didn't last long that, that <laughs> where people were just piercing the fuck out of themselves. I've always sort of wondered, like, like I, I can't remember for sure, but I, th- I feel like Dougie Death had those big earplugs, and I just was, what the fuck are those? What are, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. Dude, I'm stretching my earlobes. Oh, okay. <laughs> when Whatever. Did, when did you transition to San Francisco um, permanently? You were going back and forth for a while, but what year was it where you settled? Okay, so the way that worked was... 2006 and Sarah was pregnant with Everett um, and we were shopping for a house in San Francisco like I started like kind of living here like about half time or something like that Yeah. in like 2002 or something and I, I also felt like I, there was like a, a period where like I didn't really I like was like unmoored like I don't know how to describe it I was like literally just did what basically whatever I wanted Uh and at the same time I was trying to convince well I don't know how hard I I don't know I was kind of trying to convince Sarah to spend the rest of her life with me 
kind of during that period, but anyway, it somehow it came about that um, we decided to, you know, we're not married, but to spend our, our lives together and have children and shit. And so then we started really seriously trying to figure out how to get a place. So her brother helped us and I did all the work with the realtor. And the realtor was pretty funny because, well, you know, <laughs> I, I've been a dirtbag all my life. There, there's, you know, I didn't dress nicely to go look at houses with the realtor or whatever. And there was this one time where somehow she was coming to pick me up because that's how it works. She would come pick you up and then take you to some open houses and so on and so forth. And she normally would call like five minutes ahead and say, I'm on my way, blah, blah, blah. And she called to say she was on her way, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool, all right. So then I hang, I, I thought I hung up, but I don't know, maybe cell phone technology was weird back then or something <laughs> like that. But she immediately took another call, and I was just listening to her call. Like, she couldn't hear me, but I was just listening to her call, and she was saying to some colleague or something, she was like, eh, I'm going to pick up this fucking dirtbag dude. There's like... No fucking way he's got the money to buy a fucking house. I have no idea oh. what the fuck I'm doing. But whatever, you know, I'm going to do it. And yeah, you know, or something like that. And I was just like, I mean, not surprised, but it was kind of funny. It was also kind of like, well, geez, what kind of fucking house are we going to get? Jesus, this isn't good. So we're cruising. She comes, picks me up. We're cruising along headed to the mission because I insisted that we buy a house in the mission because I didn't, I mean, I still don't really like anywhere else in San Francisco. So I was like, this is where we're going to do it if we're going to do it and blah, blah, blah. And so we're driving along because we lived at what, Fifth and Bryant or something like that. So we're yeah. driving down the road and I'm just like, dude, some of the weirdest fucking thing happened. But somehow after you called, it wouldn't hang up and I heard your next phone call. And she's like, oh, really? And, you know, we're driving along in her Mini Cooper you or some shit. You called her out on it? I was just like, dude, I, I need yes. you to know, this isn't my money. There's plenty of money. We're going to find a house. Just just so you know. I know I'm a dirtbag, <laughs> but I know about houses. <laughs> I know what, what it is where my family wants to be. And if we find the right one, we're going to buy the house. Right. It's It's cool. Right? And she was just like... Utterly crestfallen in this in the driving along, kind of like slowed down a lot, and I was like, "Dude, it's no big deal. Look at me. I'm a fucking dirtbag. I don't blame you. It's yeah. fine." But you know, we didn't we didn't hire you to waste your time. Yeah. Other people disagree. It's fine. Um, but for me, I became an adult when Sarah became pregnant, and we were going to be parents. That's when I start to feel like I'm an adult. Responsibility. And it, yeah, and I I didn't feel like. Oh, I need to somehow wear clothes without stains on them. But I did think I need to make money. I need to be stable. I need to make sure that I, you know, adult shit. And Can't it was just sort of. And so that's why I just confronted her about it because I was just like, fuck, dude, you, you know, like you're, you're sitting next to an adult. I mean, I know you look like I could be a homeless guy, but. Yeah. You know, who cares? I don't give a shit about what I look like. What I do care about, though, is that you find me a house that me and my family can live in. So let's get that done. Now that you're an adult, <laughs> quote unquote adult, are you able to go get your own steak and stuff? Can you get to the market? Oh, the fucking grocery <laughs> store. Yeah, why was I so fucked up about grocery? And why know. was Ginch so sensitive to it? <laughs> like, it, you know, like... You guys, I, I can't go get a steak. I, I, it was like... <laughs> the weirdest thing, like, I don't know, for some reason, going to the grocery store was never part of my existence after after college type thing, you know? Like, I, I just ate, lived on pizza slices at the corner store, when, or, or salami sandwiches at the deli, or, mm. you know, I mean, there were some... Moments where I was like, ooh, let's really splurge and go to fucking, uh, where it was like 16th and 6th, there was this, I don't know, buddy will know what it was, but there was this deli at 16th and 6th that served a sandwich, I believe it was called the F, in reference, I believe, to the F train, and that sandwich was so good, it was fucking chicken cutlet with honey mustard and bacon, lettuce, tomatoes, fuck, that sandwich was good, 
And when I was out here, I'd just be like, well, where's a fucking deli with a delicious sandwich? You know, like, where's the pizza? Like, this is fucking, you know, it's like a cultural thing. It was like fucking impossible to to live my normal New York existence here. It was just like, it's, yeah. this is not fucking working. In addition to which, at the HQ, you know, not for nothing, but Dan and Ginch, they, they like, cook dinner. And yeah. I was always sort of like, Ginch, you going shopping? Like, what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? So I would just go with them. <laughs> and, then, and then I'd be like, pushing a cart around, because they're pushing carts around. My cart would have nothing in it. And they'd be like, Ginch was always just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was weird. It took me a long time just to find somebody to deliver pizza. I, I mean... But more times than not, we would just go to the grub steak. Yeah, the grub steak's so delish, dude. You oh. know, start the night out with steak and potatoes, get the fucking compound, and then you could drink all night. That was the theory. Yeah, that was the theory. <laughs> Again, I'm not totally sure how great the theories were. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of them. Hey, there was this. There more was this potatoes, time. more Jaeger. Yeah, <laughs> there was this time where I don't know. I think we just gotten the Trife compound or HQ, whatever you want to call it. it. It wasn't even the HQ yet. It was just me and Dan were like building walls in yeah. this like shitty loft on Bryant Street, and we're sitting there on like what our furniture was at that moment which was uh, two five gallon buckets of joint compound for sheetrock and we're sitting there and we're you know getting ready to go over to we went to the hemlock a lot then I think yeah so we were thinking of going over to the hemlock Anywhere or whatever Dan could smoke yeah and, <laughs> and so you. so there we are we're sitting there and for some reason we got like delayed in getting to the hemlock because we had this long conversation about the theory of like e what we were referring to as econo romance. It's like somehow you could meet somebody that was pretty fucking cool, but you know, you could just kind of jam an econo. Like, you know, eh, you know, somehow she would just know that you'd be at the hemlock on a Friday and or, or Tuesday or whatever. And, you know, maybe you guys could get a sleepover maybe not yeah but that you wouldn't have to really do anything it would just sort of be econo we had all kinds of theories like that <laughs> and none of them were good in fact that that <laughs> night that we were you know previously speaking about econo romance i was in the process i believe of trying to grow a comb over for halloween because I thought that'd be funny, and I'd never done anything for Halloween in my whole life. I kind of think Halloween's fucking stupid. I still think it's stupid. I certainly thought it was stupid then. Anyway, but my effort... You remember I was, like, trying to grow, like, I, this fucking We went to, like, Oregon, away. and, you, like, the video footage is amazing. It's hilarious, right? <laughs> Every just, time you skated, it was just, like, flying around. I'm trying to, like, somehow... Like, what the fuck was I thinking? But anyway, there I am. I'm, like, talking to this girl at the Hemlock. I just had this long conversation with Dan about econo romance of all fucking things. And, you know, I'm kind of drunk or whatever. And that girl's pretty cute. And her story's kind of, like, interesting or something. And so I just start telling her about, you know, well, what do you think about this econo romance idea? You know, I don't know. I'm figuring I'm not going to get a sleepover with this person anyway. So I might as well just fucking yap about it. Yeah. And then there was this moment where I took off my hat and... <laughs> scratch my head or something like that and she just looked at me she was like fuck I looked like Bozo the Clown you know and it was just sort of like I thought she was just gonna like fucking melt and then I put my hat back on and I was like well yeah can you give me a lift home <laughs> she was like eh, oh, yeah man. she gave me a lift home we're sitting out in front of the Trife at HQ and I was just like wondering you know do, do we invite her upstairs or do you just like and then I remembered that I'd taken my hat off and the look on her face, and I was just like, yeah, peace. But there was all these theories about, like, oh yeah, how to do shit, like, how to make how to make things work better. You know, Tino Razzo had a really good theory, which was, you know, you can drink Jaeger in large quantities if you don't drink beer. You, you tap into the beer, and you trigger the Jaeger. And I would follow that theory. I seriously would. I'd get, like, a pint of Coca-Cola... Right. And a pint of fucking Jaeger at the fish. And just, you know, think I was doing something like, what the fuck was I doing? 
I wasn't like outwardly shit faced. I don't believe, but that much Jaeger. I mean, it's basically blacked out. Oh and, yeah. And like we were starting with Jaeger bombs usually. Like I don't regret it. it was, yeah, it was fun. But you and know what? Well, theory about how to consume Jaeger. Multiple theories <laughs> about how to consume Jaeger. Nowadays, I feel like people are like contemplating which kind of wheat beer to get or some shit like that yeah. that never fucking occurred to me there'd be like a conversation about whether or not to get paps blue ribbon in a bottle or you know budweiser milton it's so good sal is like oh, milton milton get- then he buys one and he throws it out he's like it was horrible sour yeah, no beer shit. yeah like, sour beer what the fuck is that <laughs> no shit i thought you told me anyway hey token uh name drop waste Okay. Peter Dinklage wise. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so very little to say about Peter Dinklage. A very accomplished actor. There's absolutely no doubt about it. He went to school with my wife. And they they were, you know, they were bros or whatever. And I think to some extent they're, you know, they can be kind of broly now. Not really. Uh-huh. Um like, if something comes up, she can text him and, you know, or something like that. But back then, when they were just newly out of school and we're living in, New, you know, we're all living in New York. And it was different then in New York. Uh, it was It's always different in New York. So, you know, whatever. But, it you know, it was different and it was plausible to live there and not really work and shit like that. I'm sure it is today. But anyway, long story short, there was a couple of parties that I was at that Peter was at. And... <laughs> I never thought he was interesting or funny. I never thought he was interesting or funny. And it turns out that I'm probably just incredibly wrong. Uh-huh. I just, I remember just being like, what? You're not funny. <laughs> and I, I don't think he'd really done anything yet, but I mean, that was a long time ago. Right. He might have blossomed after that. He certainly <clears throat> has done something. I got to tell you, he's my one of my favorite actors because of Elf. I, I don't watch the Game of Thrones shit. I did watch the first season. I, I think I think it's like one of those HBO shows. It's just fucking stupid. But um, but Thrones. he's great in it and whatever. But he's awesome in Elf. True or false? You blew a sleepover situation with Parker Posey. All right, that's false. <laughs> um. I was at this thing that Jocko's wife at the time had organized. She worked for some, like, liter- literary literary quarterly or some shit. Honestly, I thought the whole thing was bullshit, but I love Jocko. And anything Jocko was doing, if, if I could support it, I was trying to support it. And I thought his wife was kind of a tool, quite frankly. But whatever. That's not important. Parker Posey was there with her man friend. And I don't know. For some reason, I kind of hit it off with Parker Posey. I, I guess if you look at the movies and you just assume maybe she's that person, best in show, maybe she's like that in real life. Honestly, I talked to her that night. I don't know if she's the same person as in that movie. But we connected. She was pretty funny. And, you know, we we're making each other laugh. And I, and I think at some point in the conversation, it's like, fuck, this is Parker Posey. Like, should I, like, you know, try to get a sleepover <laughs> with fucking Parker Posey? And then I looked over at her dude man friend who was like a table over and I think uncomfortable about this fucking homeless looking dude <laughs> yapping with his special lady friend. And it's not like, you know, I look just like I do right now. It was fucking a dirt bag. And, and she was hilarious or whatever. But anyway, the point of the story is um, later, I think Sarah was saying something about how she was doing, she was have she was going out that night with Steve Turner of Mud Honey, and I was just I think I said something like oh yeah the other night I was fucking hanging out with Parker Posey what <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah. like you know honestly I was much more jealous of Steve Turner and Sarah than I than she could possibly have uh... to worry about me and whatever but the long story short is it turned into that what celebrity would you sleep with what who are you off the hook with you know a couple sometimes have this thing yeah. where like ah it's cool you want to you got a chance to sleep with steve colbert it's cool we're good that I, I think sarah's guy is steve colbert currently but she always just assumes parker posey's mind but i'm sort of like looking at it, i'm like parker posey's my age i mean I, like wouldn't i want to try to find like some but you know the truth is I don't know any actors. Yeah. 
And I'm definitely, you know, this isn't no Cameron Diaz story. You know what I mean? But uh, <laughs> long story short, Parker Posey was totally interesting and rad. And I suspect, yeah, bottom line is she's really an interesting, rad woman. And she did done lots of great work. But no sleepover action. Not even, not even fucking close. I always hoped for Chloe, but... Ooh. Not even close. Not even close. She would barely get... She'd be sitting next to me at the bar at Max Fist. I swear to God she was thinking about, is there somewhere else to sit? You know, like, <laughs> no fucking way. No fucking way. But in my in my fantasy world or whatever, there would be that moment where... There, there was a moment at the alleged gallery that was kind of next to Max Fish where I was there and I remember... Ed, Ed Templeton being there. I think his name's Dave Aaron was there. Hmm. He did like calligraphy. I don't know what he did. He None of them did any kind of painting that I did. And I just sort of was like, maybe I should do what they're doing. Uh, they're killing it. They, look, Chloe's here, you know, like. But I never spoke to her once. I, I, maybe high and in shit like that but I never really spoke to her but those are my only two celebrities that I know of we spoke a little bit about your kids game what tricks are you jealous that they can do that you can't do alright ever can do frontside nose blunts and I can't do frontside nose blunts I don't know why I I think I used to do them years ago and I don't know I, I can't seem to do it he does does them we just got a text message from matt mcginley out in greens point new york um he wants to know if you'd consider quitting skateboarding once your uh everett can do the 5-0 fakie better than you <laughs> <laughs> everett doesn't like to go to fakie he can do a pivot to fakie but he doesn't really like to go to fakie right now is sort of how i look at it although the other day we were at the at the personal TF, he had a frontside 50-50 on the rail, then he did a rock fakie, and then he did a half-cap board slide on oh, the rail. Damn. And I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, he's kind of better than me. Um, but no, I think he will stop skating with me before I quit to, to answer. I, I think at some point he's going to be like, who is this fucking clown? <laughs> oh, that's right, he's my dad. My hope for him is that that he continues to skate so that like he continues to benefit from what skating offers in terms of how to learn to see the world and be part of it. You know, for me, I think it's been a really fascinating experience, I'm sure, for the kids, I know for you. Everyone I know, well, basically everyone I know is a skateboarder and like it kind of helps them see the world. You know, I don't know, like Salba's like of the opinion that all skateboarders see the world better than everyone else and that we're all kind of crazy. And I think that that's true. I yeah. think we're all kind of nuts. And, you know, I see stuff that other people don't see and I think that's great and I hope that that goes with him. And, yeah, I won't quit because he can do stuff I can't do, though. Because he's already passed me. What do you think about the... um the reverse migration situation with the uh, East Coasters moving west and the Cali Bros going to New York. It kind of all was like... You mean at that one time in 2006? Yeah. Or <laughs> um, I, thought, I thought it was time to leave New York. So I was surprised that people wanted to go to New York. Um, when they got there, they went to Williamsburg and... I thought when I left, Williamsburg was a fucking joke, like fucking cut. Like, I don't want any part of it. This, this is fucking ridiculous. Fuck whatever, dude. Like, are you serious? You can catch a cab? Like, what? This is fucked. Where's the car service? Like, it was like, I mean, that was a long time ago now, but it was already becoming a thing. You know, wealthy people were moving in. It, it was fucking getting gross and it got really fucking gross now I think it's hilariously gross and I think it's great I live there it doesn't make any difference to me I look at it and be like oh look at that shitty high rise over there whatever you know like who gives a fuck that's yeah. what happens in New York but I thought specifically that for the Ginch it absolutely made sense to be in New York and I've never seen somebody 
settle in and be just so happy. The only thing I would imagine bothers the Ginch is that he's not a true New Yorker. But I swear to God, he's kind of a true New Yorker. I, I know people that have lived there all their lives, and they definitely are different. But yeah. um, I think he still has 650 area code on his phone, though. Yeah. I told him until that changes, he's still Peninsula. <laughs> Foster City, what? <laughs> Semi-Peter's um, But if I... Yeah, no shit. If I... If, um, if I'm thinking about Farmer, though, I feel like Farmer is truly a Southern Californian from the Valley guy uh. that doesn't necessarily belong in New York, but really seems to reap the rewards. He really seems to just, like... He's be happy to get out and see what's happening. And I think... Oh, it plays perfect to his lifestyle. I think that that's what New York's about. New York's about being um, available, like, personally... To, to getting out and seeing what's happening. You live in, particularly when you're young anyway, most people live in these tiny little apartments that they share with people or fucking whatever. You go to the, you know, Clems or if you're in Tony's neighborhood or you go to the Fish if you're in, live in LES or some shit and that's your living room and that's where you do your socializing and that's, you, you don't have to talk on your phone. You don't have to text. You don't have to do anything because they're all right there. Right. That's what it was like to me. And, you know, and then there might be an art show that you need to get to. And everybody would, you know, like people went and did shit. And that's the culture. That's why people, when they come back from there who don't live there, are like, dude, it's so electric. There's so much shit happening. He's, I hear Olsen say this every single time, you know, like mm. there's so much shit happening. Fucking, oh, my God. Fuck. You know, and then he might try to play it off as like, you know, he's he gets it. He's cool. or something. But the truth of the matter is. That's the only place I've been in the world that is like that. And I mean, I've been to a lot of places. It's the only place. So it was a good move for them to go there, ultimately. I, I feel like... I did think it was kind of like... Bummer. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, ah, that's a bummer. I miss not being in Ginch's life every day, that's for sure. I, I really do. I'm, I, you know, Farmer works with us, so I talk to him constantly. But I miss not knowing up what's up with the Ginch on a daily basis. I mean, I don't really know what uh, Odell and Tino and Minute were doing. Although I will take this moment if Minute does listen. Dude, you're pro. You're pro. <laughs> you're just fucking pro. Let's review my tired part. I think you know exactly what I thought of that. I fucking <laughs> took screenshots. I, I, I looked at your part. I took screenshots trying to get your front side air so that it looked like a front side air, <laughs> send it to you and was like, dude, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> and, you know, for a, for a minute, I would say, I don't know Brad, Brad Staba, is that how you say it? Yeah. Staba, Staba. I don't know him from a hole on the wall. I, I would say, thank you for doing the tired thing. I follow you on the Instagram, the, the tired thing. They're not showing old people sucking to laugh at them. They're showing old people seeing the world as skateboarders and going and skateboarding and and celebrating it. Like, I, I think that if you didn't know about skateboarding, you would be like, oh, these guys are just bagging on skateboarders. And and I I think I, I could imagine somebody seeing it that way. But what I see is a guy who's 45, probably has two kids, you know, overweight, um, was oh. never particularly good. Yeah. But did it like for fucking 30 years this is what they do this is how they see the world and so there's that crusty they live in fucking ohio or some shit and i'm no offense to you know odell or anyone else from ohio or fucking, <laughs> but like what the fuck who lives in fucking ohio right but yeah. there you are living in ohio and at the public school there's like a little bank to curb and it's crusty as fuck and they go and skate it on Saturday mornings because there's a moment in their life that they have two hours clear to go and see if they can do a backside ollie to pivot on that curb if they can still do it. Right. And Tired puts it in a video. So fuck yeah, good for you. You know, I think that's really rad. It was really awesome being able to be a part of editing that. I was so stoked. And then like hearing people like, Dude, you made my Christmas. Like, oh, you know totally, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's such a cool thing for so many people that, like, exactly what you said. But what Brad was saying is, like, 
it's going to evolve like photo graffiti did. Like, yeah. it used to suck, and now you're like, whoa, that photo's gnarly. I understand what you mean by photo graffiti. It never sucked. I'm pretty sure that Tyson Jones can watch a tired part and get pretty hyped. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that I can. Yeah. And, like, we couldn't be further apart in terms right. of the world of skating. Like, I don't skate fucking playgrounds in New York anymore. No. I, I don't ollie over fucking trash cans or four. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that... I'll, I'll bet you anything he looks at that... Uh, at a, that your front side air and goes, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure that he does... that that's the way that that works. And, I think And he, that's really cool. Yeah. he. I think he has it saved on his phone. 2018... I had a photo graffiti photo in the yes, mag. Yes, yes, you and did. And I had a tired part. Fucking killing it, 2018. Yeah, came up. I kind of killed it last year. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were trying to tell me that 2018 was kind of a rough year. Yeah. Sometimes, well, you know, sometimes you have to put in a rough year in order to get the fucking exposure, dude. Well, as Drahobo told me, sometimes you have to get through that stuff to realize how great you got it. Yeah. Okay, we got to take a little break here and... Uh, let some of our friends say a few words. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Hello, this is Tony Farmer and you are listening to Talkin' Schmidt. The one thing I do bag on the kids about, though, and it's always lighthearted, but I always bag on them about it, is I can't fucking stand the fucking listening to the earbuds. I can't fucking that's, stand that's it. That's a felper I, faux pas. I fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll deck them just for shits and giggles because I just don't care. Except it did occur to me that their parents bought the fucking phone that they're going to fucking slam and fucking break. And those phones, they're not cheap, you know? And I'm just sort of like, as a parent, I'm looking at it, I'm just like, oh, fuck, man. The kid's 14 years old. He's got a phone. He needs to do his fucking Insta. I don't know what kids do on the inter interweb on their phones or whatever the fuck it is they do. I know that they're devastated. Video they games smash and their Instagram. phone and they can't. Then they're fucked. And I'm always yeah. just sort of like, dude, could you just think in advance a little bit? Oh, I got one other beef. I got one other major fucking beef, actually. <laughs> I don't know how fucking far out of it I am. You know, as a qualification, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot, ancient dude. What what the fuck do I look how I'm dressed? Fuck, my God, I look like a fucking homeless dude. I can't stand the athletic gear. Oh. What's with the fucking, like, the nylon-y like sounds funny when you're skating sounds really funny when you slam fucking nylon pants the with a little pants? fucking the like all cinched up down here like fuck what take it easy on the brands you know it's like just fucking take it easy dude just get some fucking pants and go shred anywho fuck yeah we're here with longtime homie good friend Evan Becker and uh, in 2003 2004 maybe there was four kids that got together and started a website called epically trife right 2003 2002 2003 it was like maybe 18 months after patrick had started his it was something like that yeah you know so like, how, how do you remember it all panning out because i have my version i wonder what your version uh, is i don't know i mean i think i would say this i knew patrick we ran in a similar circle. I was on the periphery of that circle. He was the center of that circle. You were actually in the East Coast at the time, bouncing back and forth. Yeah, always going back and forth. Right. I, had a, I had an apartment out here with Dan and East Coast eventually contingent. Ginch. Um, but I would go back and just live in my studio and do work in New York to have some money because I had no job out here. And I didn't work here. I just skated and partied, really. Um, mm. Maybe more too much partying and not enough skating, I would think. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I noticed, but just constantly going to the fish and hanging out with Tino and so on and so forth, and, you know, occasionally Odell, for sure, was the fucking... I would barely knew how to check the internet. And 
Patrick had this thing, this this blog, I guess they called them then. I don't know what they call them now. Um, called Epic Still Later. a blog. And the, the truth of the matter is, I just, I never was in it. Like, there was never <laughs> a picture of me. You know, it's like, what the fuck am I checking this for? What the fuck, You know, like, God, fucking Patrick. It's like, whatever. I was fucking there. We were yapping. Well, was our conversation so fucking important that you couldn't, like, pick your pick? take a picture real quick like never ever ever i think one picture uh-huh. one fucking picture yeah and so when you were start thinking about doing it i was like well fucking at least there'll be a picture or two of me you know like i was just like fuck well whatever yeah but would this you is fucking s- great and and my my thought about the start of epically trife was that surely there was a reference to latered but that we were trife, like in comparison, mm-hmm. like the dudes in New York, you know, it's not so much Tino, but like, you know, kind of, kind of Tino, like that crowd of people, like I think Jason the Max Dill, Fish crew, Jason Dill was part of it. I don't know, he's hot in my mind because I just watched a Bob shirt or something like that, but I didn't really know him or whatever. We'd sat near each other and fucking talked occasionally. I don't think probably thought I was just some fucking kook or whatever. I probably was. But that's exactly fucking it. Is that here's this insanely interesting, smart, creative, fucking cool guy, Jason Dill, and then you got me, you, Dan, Ginch. Just (laughs) absolutely not cool. And and, kind of like not even that fucking interesting either. You know, like let's go to the delirium. Uh-huh. Oh, let's do seven shots of Jaeger. Okay. Who's got a car bomb? Yeah! <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. I mean, it's just fucking totaled constantly. Nobody was dating Chloe. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there was... How did Patrick line that up? Because he was fucking handsome. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, whatevs. And she was part of that thing, I think. Yeah. I don't really know. But I, <laughs> I mean, I'd go to Sway when I was out there. <laughs> More, I've been a Smiths fan all since I was like fucking 13 years old. Of course, I'd go to Sway and I'd be there. Ben Cho would be like yeah. doing his thing, and uh, there's all these fucking cool people doing their thing, and I'd just be sitting there going, But I, I'm just a Smiths fan. So, years later, after that had been going for quite a while, the Ginch made the move to New York. Right. And I took him to Sway. Actually, before he moved to New York, he was out there visiting. I took him to Sway. We biked over the bridge. We got there. The bike ride home with the Ginch that night, at, or that morning, whatever you want to call it, was one of the coolest things ever. He was so, I don't even know how to say it, he just never wanted to be anywhere near San Francisco ever again. So when I think about the trife versus like where I think its origin is, which is a little bit in response to Odell, who did work at Thrasher, at, at the same time, mm. you were working there, and you probably knew him better than I did, or whatever. And that, like, ultimately, there was just a little bit like, yeah, well, let's let's do our own thing. So anyway, that's my that's my thought about it. You know, it's weird. The trife captured like social moments that were important to me. In a way, another plug for uh, <laughs> fucking Buddy Nichols, but you, Buddy Nichols, Six I don't know production. how this came to be, but one night. Bud Bear, Pete the Ox was there, Farmer was there, we took mushrooms and we bombed Mount Tam. Nice. Now, I always thought like bombing Mount Tam was like some hippie shit or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? He gives a fuck about bombing Mount Tam. Like, what the fuck? We could be at the bar right now. Like, what the fuck? We're, okay, whatever, I'll go. Mm. And, you know, I've never taken mushrooms before. I've never taken them since. Oh. But... Oh my God, fucking Buddy captured it. But there was this moment where you get to the bottom and there's just, Buddy had this clip of me with this just huge smile on my face, just laughing my ass off. And I thought, man, that is just, that's just fucking out of sight. During that time, there was this advent of digital technology, right? You know, like your cameras kept getting a little smaller and a little bit more powerful, a little smaller and a little bit more powerful and Trife came to be. (laughs) And at the same time, you know, video cameras came to this thing that were like viable. Right. 
truly viable. And there was moments that of my life that were captured that way. And I'm pretty grateful. I think it was pretty cool. You know, I think it was really pretty cool. We should probably touch on Preston while we're here. Yeah. Um, I have a picture of Preston and and then a picture of Preston's family on my refrigerator. Fuck. And I look at him every day, and I hear a lot of people. I know you're one of them. Come on, Becker. Who think about him? Come on. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Jesus. Um, who think about him every day? And I think it's safe to say that Preston has come to mind, if not every day, something like that since 1992? I think I met him in 98. I think he was living with Steve Roach in Kenmore Square. That's when I met him. Hmm. That might have been like 93. And I've known him forever. And I just, you know, there was a point where I spent, two, two and a half months, three months out of the year traveling with him. Preston was part of all of that. Fucking all of it. All of it. And it was so, you know, we were talking about the trife and we were talking about later and all that shit. Preston was like this whole other level of, oh, I'm going to leave whatever this shit is that I'm doing right now, which is piling out in San Francisco or being an idiot in New York or fucking whatever. I'm going to just leave this for three weeks and I'm going to go with Preston to... Uh, uh, travel around in Europe for a minute, stay with his mother for a week in Basel. Of all fucking places, I'm in Basel, staying with his mom. Uh, and and he's like, he's all right, well, you know, I'm going to dip out for uh, a week and go over here to do whatever. And I was like, I was like, can I just stay here and chill and fucking skate with like Ollie Bergen and, and whoever for a week? And he's like, yeah. It was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like that must have been like 99 or 2000. But everywhere I went that was interesting, Preston was part of it. Mm. And when Rick and I got that fucking shithole on 13 North Oxford in Brooklyn, (laughs) which we loved. But oh my God, what a fucking shithole. Preston had nothing to do. He's in Jersey. He just... (laughs) Came over and helped us. You want me to do the floors? To a place oh, that we could actually live. I, I gotcha. Oh, just yeah. endless amounts of like good time, fun stuff, right? Just endless. Yeah. But like the undercurrent He's... of the whole thing with Preston, I, I, I think this was captured by this sort of general outpouring of love for and 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 over the loss of Preston. Mm-hmm. He was like a machine for picking up language, cultural information, anything that would help him and who he was with feel good, comfortable, safe, and ready to move into and find out what this place that you're in is really about. And I swear to God, he was doing that almost all the way. There was a there was a point, you know, a few years before he passed, where I thought, I got to do something, mm-hmm. and and I, I in all candor, I didn't know what to do. I should have called Rhino, I should have called his mom. I probably should have done something. I don't know what it would have been. Yeah. But I wanted to be, you know, I mean, on record. You know, for the six people that listen to this, I'll be on record and say, <laughs> including us too. I, I loved him to death. He's my dude. Um, he he was brilliant, and I think flawless in pursuing what it is that he thought he should do with his life. Yeah, and I am envious, and I know you are, of people that can do that. It's hard to fucking do. And I feel like he did it, and and and, and you know what? You know, if you passed early, that's that's sad, and it hurts me. Yeah. But knowing that the time that he was here, and I don't want to give some cliche like he lived more in his fucking bubble. Ah, fuck that! I've lived a lot too. <laughs> but the difference is that he was doing what he wanted to do a larger percent of the time than I am. Oh, by a long shot, and that's fucking like, dude. Yeah. That 
th- that's success. I mean, uh. there's lots of ways to call success. You know, lots of money, fucking <laughs> lots of hoes. Like, whatever the fuck your fucking shit is. Yeah. yeah. I don't fucking care. Bags bling, of weed. Bling. I don't know. I- I'm doing great. I got 80 pounds of weed in the garage. Uh. Yeah, fucking super. You know, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because what he was doing was exactly, I believe, for the most that he could do it, he was doing what he wanted to do. And you know what? That was good for other people. Yeah. That, was, that, that was essentially good for his family. I think maybe pretty hard on his family. But he was setting this this sort of idea that said, kids, do what you want to do. Yeah. You know, the other thing I want to you know go on the record is that uh, to some extent, I wouldn't say that I feel guilty. It's, that's, it's not guilt. It's something else. It says something tells me that I could have done mm. more or that I was res- I was on the hook to do more. There are a few of us that were kind of lifelines for him uh, that always had what he would need, like a roof over my head. Mm-hmm. That means that he has a roof over his head. He knew that. Yeah, pick up at he, the airport. He knew that. Sean Gutierrez is one of them. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know how – I haven't talked to Sean about this. Um, maybe I should. You know, I don't know how he feels about, like, the culmination of those last couple of years. I'm not fucking uh, – I'm not tickle pink, pink with my performance. And I've talked to you about it a little bit. I've talked to Joe about it a little bit. I've talked to Dan about it a little bit. You know, like, I found myself, after he passed, having conversations with people and just being, like, overall, just being, like, fuck, you know, and it, it – I can't have that kind of blatant disregard for my own physical, the physical well-being of people close to me anymore without mm. me saying something. Yeah. Well, for the record, if we're going on the record, if I got six listeners, I'm fucking stoked. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to wrap this up, but I just got to ask you one more thing. About this podcast journey, what do you think? All right, so here's a... Having our, our first podcast experience, plus our coffee the other day, which we should, probably should have recorded. I think what you will find is that, like I, like I mentioned previously, a Rolodex is fucking deep. Probably the <laughs> deepest in the game. Maybe Michael's is deeper. No. I fucking doubt it. Come you know on. I mean? It's deep. It's easy with me. You can get me to talk about fucking anything. Yeah. And I suspect it's easy with Rob. I suspect it's easy with Alyssa. I don't know. But I think that's what you want. You always change <laughs> your voice when you're starting to feel like you're... I'm glad, thank God we're being recorded. Out of character. You do it, it's part of your character Uh to get almost instantly instantly self-conscious and shift your voice into like like Wolfman Jack, fucking radio personality or some shit. And I'm just like, no, you, you don't need to do any of that shit. But you do it. You're like about to do it. And I think... If that's who you are, if I that's have your a little gig, fun when I'm on the mic. You know what yeah, I mean? See, you should do it then. Uh, I, think I think it's gonna be fun. But that. what's the over under on how many I can pull off in 2019? How long will this last? My gut tells me that there's somebody that you want to have coffee with and chill out and yap with and catch up with or whatever that might be. I think you could do maybe 52. That's because what I, was I think once a week. There's somebody you want to sit down with. You got your little hand thing, yeah, and you just fucking yap. You, you say, you say, hey, thanks for meeting me for coffee. I'm gonna record this conversation. You good with that? And if it, if it's Rob, he'll be like, that's what Fuck I'm you. saying. You fucking snuck that up on me. Do you me. think I'll get tired of it though? No, because I think you like fucking hanging out yapping. Yeah. So who I t- doesn't? I so I told this guy Mike Stalter, who works for Juxtapose. His name is Mike Stalter, and uh, he was like. Don't even bother. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you'll do two and you'll be over it. Fuck that, dude. And I was like, oh, yeah? I'm going to do 52. Yeah. And I was like, at the end of the year, you're going to give me 100 bucks. And he's like, really? And I was like, if I don't do 52, and I'll plug you every episode, but (laughs) your advertisement pay. Did I just fuck him? No, it's like (laughs) 52 episodes equals 100 bucks. You think I can get Felper on here? I think both Tony and... Felper would do it. Really? Yeah. Huh. Tony think, Vitello or Tony yeah. Trio? Tony Vitello. I think you could get the family in here. Wow. Don't you? I could get Sally in here, no problem. But I'll tell you this. I think he does. Work. I want a Matt Damon type person 
that is my ultimate goal. And I keep doing this until that person is on here and then I'm done. Like I was like, you know, think of somebody that would be hard. That would Larry be David, you mean like a star. Yeah. I just mean someone I don't know that I'm a, like Bill Murray. I'm a huge fan, right? If Bill Murray was on here, it's over. I raised the fucking bar as high as I could go. Done. Interesting. And then Why I keep it? doing it until it's Bill. Okay, so a couple things occur to me. And people is, will believe me. <laughs> one is make sure that you can do it anywhere. Definitely yeah. don't want them to have to do it here. Secondly, something strikes me as flawed in your logic. If you should, in fact, 18 months from now, get Bill Murray to do <laughs> Bill your podcast, wouldn't that be hilarious? Holy Whatever. shit. So you, man, you get that done. Why would you think why would you claim to know now that that means it's over? Because you can't get any more than that. Mm. See, because I'm thinking, no, that's that means not how it works. What that means is it's actually working. You've landed. Well, let's uh, take it to the bridge, as they say. Let's uh, introduce our way out of here. All right. So, uh, just quickly, um, the first time I saw High Tower, they played "I Am the Wall Ride." I think I collectively asked all three of them could they play it again i, I kind of knew all three of them i, I mean yeah a, enough to be like hey what's up blah 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 you know I, I don't really know shane and i you know a puppy breath yeah I, I don't he's a super sweet guy i don't really know these guys right you know i don't know anything but they they played i thought they were amazing and at the end of the show they were sort of like you know the milling around at the end of the show and i was just like, guys 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 could you just play it the wall right again just one more time. That was fucking it. awesome, you know? Like, and, and it was the one bro song that we would play on road trips. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, what a great song. All right, so then, yeah, uh, here they are. Hightower with I Am The Wall Ride. Thanks for coming in, bro. Love, Love you, you, babe. Fuck yeah. <laughs>